The scripture this morning is Psalm 105, verses 1 through 5, and then 37 through 45. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. He brought out Israel, laden with silver and gold, and from among their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left, because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering, and a fire to give light at night. They asked, and he brought them quail. He fed them well with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert, for he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his choice chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Psalm 105 reminds us to give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make him known among the nations and what he has done. We thank you for your faithfulness and the marvelous works you have performed in our lives. May your word change us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Faith Westwood. For those on site as well as those who are online, happy Thanksgiving week. And welcome to any who are visiting with us today. For the first time, or maybe it's the first time in a while, maybe you're visiting with family, but welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Our sermon series, Thanks Living, is focusing on Psalm 104, 105, and 106. And then we're going to have a special helping of Psalm 34 on Thanksgiving Eve. Now, these psalms can teach us important lessons about thanksgiving and gratitude and praise. Now, some of you may want to follow along as we explore God's Word today, whether you're using your personal Bible or maybe even a Bible app. And the page number for our Pew Bibles is also listed on the screen. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your Word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. And open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Is it live or is it Memorex? How many of you remember this phrase? All right. Now, Memorex was one of the largest suppliers of disk drives and later audio cassettes. And I know for the young at heart in church, they're going, what are those things? Have someone explain that to you later. But I remember this from the 1980s because I began using cassette tapes to record my favorite songs as they were played on the radio. And I remember that this was a tedious task that I would have to listen very carefully and as soon I would have to know those first few notes so that I could record those songs. Now, is it live or is it Memorex? This was an ad campaign that used the voice of Ella Fitzgerald, a jazz singer, where she sang a note that shattered glass while being recorded on a Memorex cassette tape. It was played back 
and the recording also broke another glass, asking the question, is it live or is it Memorex? So I want to ask you a little trivia question today. When did this ad campaign begin? What do you think? Was it the early 1970s, the late 70s, or the early 80s? How many of you think it was the early 1970s? How many of you think it was the late 1970s? And how many of you think it was a product of the 80s? The other service also had it pretty split, but the answer is that this ad campaign came out in between 71 and 72. Wow. Now, today's modern equivalent of is it live or is it Memorex would probably be the conversations around AI or artificial intelligence. This was the stuff of movies and the future and robots, and yet we realize that the future is now. AI uses algorithms and machines to automa automate tasks that traditionally require human intelligence. This includes tasks like speech recognition, language processing, and image recognition. AI has affected our electronic and digital devices. Self-checkouts in stores are favorite. And AI has even made it possible to put Black Friday ads in front of those things that we might be interested in purchasing. We discovered, however, this past week that AI would not be so helpful in taking minutes for the church uh, because we have to get those details just right at those meetings. And now, just like any other kind of modern technology, AI has potential benefits as well as potential risks. Even so, in a changing world, how do we tell if something is genuine, authentic, and real, let alone make sure that our gratitude is genuine, authentic, and real? This is an important spiritual conversation as we prepare for Thanksgiving week because we want our minds, our hearts, and our spirits to be in a place where we can truly celebrate Thanksgiving as well as Thanksgiving. So today, we're going to focus our attention on Psalm 105, which reflects on the everlasting covenant that the Lord established with all generations. And the question before us is, how can we seek the Lord's face in our thanks living? Now, according to ChatGPT, this is a tool that uses AI. Psalm 105 is a biblical psalm that highlights the importance of remembering God's faithfulness and the covenant with his people. It emphasizes recounting the deeds of the Lord, the wonders, and the protection he provides. The psalmist encourages gratitude and obedience to God, reflecting on the history of the Israelites and their journey. It's a reminder to seek God's presence and to be mindful of his guidance in our lives. Wow. I'm impressed. And biblical commentaries would agree with this summary. And yet, we still need to dig a little deeper. So Psalm 105 begins with the words, give praise to the Lord. The psalmist is on a mission and has a purpose to invite the listeners into a place of praise and thanksgiving. Immediately, the listeners are invited to celebrate the glory of God's holy name to make known among the nations what God has done. For the original hearers of this psalm, their minds would have gone to the generations of stories, especially as recounted in Genesis and Exodus. 
the psalmist in verse 2 invites this jubilant praise. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Very often for God's people, praise equals singing, and singing equals praise. A great song can lift spirits and to increase the amount of praise exponentially as we have just experienced. In verse 3 then, as God's people are filled with this amazing sense of praise, they are to glory in God's holy name. I love this because typically we think of glory as a noun, but here glory is actually used as a verb to rejoice Proudly with triumph is the definition of glory as a verb. What the psalmist will invite, share and share, is that God's people can claim a triumphant song of praise and to continually rejoice as they seek the Lord. Now even to this day, the psalmist reminds the people that they can always look to the Lord and his strength and they can seek his face always. Too many times, God's people attempted to live their lives on their own terms, not on the Lord's. And when they did this, they found themselves out of sync with God's ways and God's promises. Verse 5 furthers the psalmist's purpose, who wants to convey how God has saved Israel through the generations. Now, even though we're not reading all of Psalm 105, we know that the psalmist is going to give an account of God's mighty deeds recorded in Israel's history. In fact, we actually have a catalog of miracles, judgments, and wonderful works. And these are all clear evidence that the hand of God has led God's people. In fact, verse 8 says, God remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations. This covenant started with God's people and their wanderings from one kingdom to another. And then God raised up individuals at just the right times and places. Throughout generations, God's people can identify with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Aaron. Now we know that all of these folks were not perfect, yet God provided a way for them to help keep his covenant intact. Now the last verses we just heard remind us that God brought Israel out of Egypt. And how grateful, I love that little bit of sense of humor here, that, that Egypt was actually happy to get rid of God's people because of all the dread and all of the plagues that the Egyptians had just experienced. God provided a way for his people to get out. He provided protection and safety. God provided food, though quail and manna may not be on the preferred list for Thanksgiving dinner tables. <laughs> and God provided water. We hear the bottom line of this passage in verse 42. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. God's people have been delivered Time and time again, for what? Verse 43 reveals that they have been delivered with rejoicing and with shouts of joy. God's people were given lands. They were made heirs to so much. And why? So that they could keep 
his precepts and obey his laws. Praise the Lord, we hear from the psalmist. We are to claim that every generation since Abraham has been invited to seek the power and the presence of this holy God and his promises. James Mays says in his commentary on the Psalms that trust is the first act of obedience. Our generation is then invited to trust what we read and what we hear about God's holy word knowing that these words of Psalm 105 speak to us in our own day. For the church today, the lesson is clear. There is a time and a need for the church to hear the words of God's promise, power, and presence revealed by God through Jesus Christ. Yet the church today can claim no promise, no power, or no presence apart from the Holy Spirit that Jesus himself promised those who believe in him and follow him. Thus, the church today must persevere through old stories recorded in history and the new stories that have yet to be written. Faith Westwood, you have a rich history here. And I loved yesterday hearing the stories about some of those first opportunities to do a Thanksgiving bag giveaway in the old parsonage, right, the food pantry was located there, and they said that people would line up and walk through the parsonage. The drive through event is so much more efficient, isn't it? But your history is filled with stories of endurance and perseverance. You've experienced heartache and sorrows, but you've also experienced success and strength. And through it all, you have experienced the promise, the power, and the presence of our triune God. And to this day, you glory. You glory, again, as a verb, in God's holy name, in Jesus' redemption, and the Spirit's healing mercy. Amen? Amen? <laughs> now, because of this, you and I can look to this week with thanksgiving as well as some thanks living. Now, in terms of our sermon series focus, let's define thanks living. Thanks living is a term that blends thanks with living, and it's used to convey the idea of living a life characterized by gratitude and thankfulness. It goes beyond simply expressing thanks on special occasions and encourages a continuous, intentional lifestyle of gratitude. Okay, let's put this to the test. Was that a description from Cindy or from AI? Okay, it was from AI. But it was, it was fun to, explore, ex, to experiment with this and to explore this a little bit this past week. Now, while AI may be able to help with definitions and descriptions, AI cannot bring us into a spiritual relationship with our Creator and the one who will lead us into thanksgiving. Every single day, we can choose to be intentional with our gratitude. It begins with our relationship with God. We go to God in prayer enough, often enough, that it is like having a conversation with a dear old friend. Our gratitude continues in our relationship with Jesus Christ as we demonstrate how grateful we are for the gift of our Lord and Savior. 
Now, of course, Thanksgiving week, we tend to be a little more intentional about sharing our gratitude, right? So as we are thinking about feasting and feeding this week, I want to further explore this in terms of our thanksgiving. Now, as we are feasting on Thanksgiving, we can think about the gratitude of abundance in our lives. And today, don't we have a beautiful example on the altar? The symbol of the cornucopia, the symbol of abundance. And we remember that throughout our journey, God provided for his people's needs and invited them to live with gratitude for this provision all year long. God's people we know celebrated many feasts and festivals throughout the generations. They were reminding them of, of this provision of God as well as God's compassion and care. And we remember that Jesus took one of these feasts, the Passover, and made it into a memorial of remembrance and gratitude. We rightly call it the Lord's Supper. We continue to celebrate the table of grace and love through the breaking the bread of life and sharing the cup of salvation. And even though we're not going to do that today, I want to remind you that at the Thanksgiving Eve service, we will be. But we always recall the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples saying, do this in remembrance of me. And we are called to do the same until Jesus comes in final victory and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. Christians today can practice thanksgiving when they find their abundance in Jesus Christ. Jesus came to give life and to give it abundantly. We have a gospel message of grace and redemption that has been freely given to us. At our Thanksgiving feasting, may we give thanks for this abundant life through Jesus. And this week, there's also going to be a lot of feeding. We're going to eat our favorite pie and desserts, maybe a couple times. We're going to enjoy meats and casseroles. Of course, we're going to be feeding ourselves, and yet we also have the opportunity to be feeding others, literally and figuratively. Yesterday, again, was the Thanksgiving bag giveaway, my first experience of this amazing event. And let me tell you, this is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> Faith Westwood has recognized that there is food insecurity in our community. We've chosen to feed people out of our gratitude for the gifts that have been entrusted to us. And yet, yesterday, we were not just feeding people with food. We were spiritually feeding people with, with hospitality and a warm welcome. We were spiritually feeding people with prayers and encouragement. I want you to imagine for a moment if God's people didn't have the psalmists nor the prophets to give them words of encouragement along their journey. When times got tough, God's people allowed these positive vibes to give them courage and strength to face the future unafraid. Generations later, the Apostle Paul would share with the Thessalonians, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Building one another up is an important part of spiritually feeding those around us. Honestly, we can provide much-needed spiritual nourishment to our family members, 
neighbors, friends, co-workers, and even other church family members through our hospitality and our welcome, as well as through our prayers and encouragement. I want you to, again, last week I invited you to think about the circles of influence. I want you to think about your circle of influence. And I want you to remember that right now there, there are people who are grieving and there are people who are hurting. There are people who are desperately seeking God's face. And right now there is someone, or maybe several, people who need to hear how grateful you are that he or she or they are in your life. You know, this past week, I was introduced to the Castellar Circle Church, and I met several of its members. During the pandemic, neighbors in Castellar Circle decided that every day at 4 o'clock, they would gather in a driveway to connect and to share with one another. And then they would always close with the Lord's Prayer. There were people from different faith backgrounds, but they always gathered together every single day. Did you know that they still meet every single day? Anyone who's available, they meet. They realize how important it is to stay connected with those around you and how important it is to encourage one another. So this Thanksgiving, demonstrate your thanksgiving through your words, spiritually feeding those who need them most. You know, this week I want you to remember our faith ancestors who endured and persevered, allowing God's hand to lead them. This week, remember the psalmists who painted these beautiful word pictures to provide much-needed encouragement, words that have endured and come to our ears. And this week, make sure that your minds, your hearts, and your spirits are in that place where your thanksgiving, as well as your thanksgiving, are genuine, authentic, and real. Because even though Memorex could have recorded it, and AI can describe it or create an algorithm for it, only you and I can feel that true sense of gratitude. As the late Timothy Keller once said, it is one thing to be grateful, it's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do. On Thanksgiving Day and every day, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer certainly deserves all of our thanks and our praise. For a thousand generations, praise the Lord. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty and gracious and ever-loving God, we do thank you and praise you for this Thanksgiving week. We ask that you would bless our Thanksgiving gatherings for those homes that are filled with family and food and laughter and for those homes filled with quiet peace. Be with those whose tables are missing loved ones this year. Be with those who are grieving in this season. And be with those who are missing their family members who live so far away. Bless all who are traveling, those who are traveling to this place, as well as those who are traveling to other places. 
and gracious God, we pray for our nation and the world and the desperate need for the peace that passes all understanding. Guide us and lead us this week in our thanksgiving as well as in our thanksgiving. Transform us. Creator God, with your love and grace, and help us always to be mindful of our Lord and Savior who models for us what it means to truly live a life of gratitude, what it truly means to live an abundant life. In all of this, God, we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.